how can we best help the homeless in Canada? That's the question a new report from McGill University hopes to help answer. Dr. Ann Anderman is an associate professor in the Department of Family Medicine and director of community-oriented primary care at McGill and joins us now with more on the findings. Good morning, Ann. Good morning. So I'm wondering, the report says a collaborative approach is needed to support the homeless. Uh, What do you mean by that? Uh, Well, first, I'd just like to clarify that the report does not only come out of McGill, but McGill was involved as one of the partners in this research, which is actually a um, pan-Canadian product of the Homeless Health Research Network, uh, led by Dr. Kevin Potty um, at the University of Ottawa. But it did involve uh, researchers um, uh, from across the country, uh, including in Alberta, uh, Janetta Salavaggio, who's at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. Good stuff. So, so collaborative, back to that uh, point, what does a collaborative approach uh, entail? So what it means is that uh, very often um, people who are uh, seeing people in the health system, so whether they're at the emergency room or whether they're seeing a family doctor uh, or other, um, the family doctors can do a lot more to work together with patients and with other people who are working in communities providing support for instance, at shelters, food banks, or other community organizations um, to help the patient to be able to link in with the different supports that are available um, and relevant for their situation. Um, And now, as a result of this guideline, um, there's a highlighting of what are really evidence-based interventions that are effective uh, in helping people who are in situations of homelessness or at risk of homelessness. Um, So, for instance, uh, permanent supportive housing, like Housing First, um, is now very well established and recognized evidence-based intervention. And so doctors on the front lines can help patients to connect themselves with such services. And if these services are not available in your area, then they can also help to advocate that we need to increase the access to such services um, across Canada. So how do you get people to access services like this when they are living on the street? Is that part of the battle here, is to find them a place to go to be able to get help if needed? Well, I think the other thing that our research has found is that really the the picture of what is homelessness um, has really been evolving over many years. Um, and while about 200,000 or more people experience homelessness each year, um, really there's... Uh, more diversity in the kinds of uh, uh, populations that we never really thought of before as experiencing homelessness. Um, And there's a lot more hidden homelessness that maybe is not so clearly visible because not everyone who is homeless is living on the streets or unsheltered or or living in emergency shelter situations. But there's a lot more women and youth, even elder homeless, um, who are uh, sometimes also couch surfing uh, with um, uh, acquaintances and so forth. And so you might not be able to see uh, all of the people. According to the census data, um, about 2 million Canadians have ever experienced hidden homelessness in their lifetime. So that's a lot of people. Um, and many of these people are going to see family doctors or uh, presenting in clinics um, and also at the emergency and so forth. And so family doctors and, and others on the front lines need to start to ask people um, not just about their physical health and their mental health situation, but also about their social situation. How are things going at home? Do people have trouble making ends meet at the end of the month? 
Uh, and while the doctors are not able to necessarily have a quick fix for everything, um, they can start to identify some of these evidence-based uh, interventions that they can offer to people, including the permanent supportive housing and helping people connect to that in their local area. Uh, income assistance, there's often by doing one's taxes, different kinds of uh, um, things that people are eligible for, um, people who have disabilities, there's different kinds of forms that a physician can fill out to help people um, uh, have more money at the end of the month and so forth if they're on Social Security. Um, case managers who can help people identify and navigate the different supports that might be available in their local area. Um, and people who are suffering from all the stress uh, that is often entailed, they might turn to maladaptive coping strategies like using substances and so there's also uh, good evidence that people who are chronic opioid users uh, should be offered opioid agonist therapy and other harm reduction approaches um, so that they can find more proactive and, and healthier ways of coping with the stresses involved. Dr. Anderman, the case management piece is something I'd like to, to go back to. Because when it comes to substance abuse and mental health, I guess that individual, individual approach and attention is, is so important for the homeless. That's right. And so people who do have um, uh, uh, different mental health challenges, there's increasingly more um, community assertive treatment, treatment um, teams that actually involve uh, a lot of case manager support for people. Um, and this has really been shown to be very evidence-based and very effective. Um, so it helps keep people in the community um, and, and helps support them before there's a crisis. And so it prevents uh, further hospitalizations or, and so forth um, by really helping people where they're at in the community and helping navigate and, and connect them to supports. We have started a, an outreach clinic uh, at a local food bank in Côte d'Anage in Montreal. Um, and what we do is try to link people who are far from care um, to a patient medical home and to a family doctor. Um, and in so doing, we, we've uh, worked with people in the community. So for instance, there have been case managers and so forth who have worked uh, with patients. For instance, uh, somebody who was homeless, they helped to find accommodations, but this uh, elder gentleman also um, needed um, some uh, uh, appointment for uh, vision, for hearing, um, uh, needed help walking with a cane. So the physician is a partner in this process. And uh, when people are also followed by other specialists, like a psychiatrist or other, you know, we can all work together and somebody's sort of having the whole picture of all the different needs that this person has. So you might prescribe some expensive medication, but if you haven't asked whether people can afford to take that, well, then you're missing mm -hmm. the opportunity because they probably won't be able to go get that medicine. Um, and if they need physiotherapy, but it's not something that's covered, um, you know, under the Canada Health Act, then how do they get the kinds of treatments they need? So right. people need to be aware of the whole person care, really, um, and have a patient medical home where we have the physicians, but also the nurses, social workers, and others who can work together um, to sort of provide wraparound care for patients and help them better navigate these systems. Well, thank you so much. Powerful research, and we appreciate the update. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Dr. Ann Anderman, Associate Professor at the Department of Family Medicine at McGill University.